You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. I only want to say one more thing about the John Pokey tweet. What do you want to say about it? No, I'm just playing. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, really, what I want to do is talk about the Tom Brenneman situation in Cincinnati. That's what I want to focus on today. No, with today's no, no, podcast. no, no. We are, we have, we, I am done turning this <laughs> podcast into an after school special. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Um, okay. All right. We'll talk draft lottery. Yes, tonight. please. Today's- Again, we have our loyal listeners that mm-hmm. feel sad when they listen to stuff like this. Again, they want to hear more about the lottery. Let's talk about the lottery. All right, today, let's Walker. do that. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We're the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your shows and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. It's draft lottery night. Yes, it is. How do you feel? I just want top four. Like everybody's like, again, I I get why there's a lot of doom and gloom right now around Charlotte about this lottery because the lottery gods have not been favored. In fact, Brian Ives of ESPN Stats Information, and I believe he's also a producer for the ESPN Network. I got to look for this tweet because it felt like such a good tweet to to point out about the horrible draft luck (laughs) when we start talking about the uh, it just basically when we start talking about the horrible draft luck. So why don't you do that and look up your tweet while I remind people to start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Okay, so since the since reentering the NBA in 2004, this is Brian Ives at A Way Too Worthy, ACC producer, friend of the show, ACC Network producer, friend of the show, ESPN, Stats and Info. Going to read this one more time, one more time, because I am a broadcast professional, Walker. I swear to God I am. Would you read it already? All right, fine. <laughs> Goodness All right. gracious. Since reentering the NBA in 2004, the Bobcat slash Hornets draft position has stayed the same 10 times, worsened five times, and improved a grand total of zero yeah. times. Yeah. It's funny because we have all this bad luck in the last 20 years. And it's always a hilarious conversation to be had on Hornets Twitter because we all are so excited. You just can't help it. It's kind of the philosophy when buying a lottery ticket of somebody's <laughs> got to win it, but yes. the odds are so against you that you just don't, you, you throw science out the window. You throw all of these chances out the window because there is at least some little shot that yeah. you could get the pick that you want, the number one overall selection, or just to even move up quite a bit. And then always the last two decades, the Hornets either stay the same or move down. It did not used to always be like this. Nada. It really didn't. Rick Bennell did write a piece about the lottery luck for the Charlotte Hornets or lack thereof. (laughs) And there did used to be some luck for the Hornets in the early going. So he writes the Hornets had an amazing string of lottery luck in the 1990s, allowing them to draft three of the best players ever in Charlotte. But it's been 21 years and a second expansion team since the weighted lottery has done Charlotte any favors. So the number go. Yes. He said the three times they jumped up into the top three selections uh, that happened in the 90s. Six times they actually slipped back 
and nine times, it didn't change their first round pick at all. So Thursday, mm-hmm. tomorrow, or today, today tonight, yeah, yeah, tonight, uh, the Hornets have a 6% chance of landing the number one pick. They have a 19% chance of landing in the top three this year. Mm-hmm. So basically, and I saw Dylan Jackson tweet this out, shout out to Dylan Jackson, 60.7% chance of staying at eight or moving up, and there's a 39.3% chance of the Hornets actually moving back. So actual luck once upon a time, but it had hap- it has not happened in the last 20 years. And you know what's going to happen, right? Like, you know what's going to happen with the Charlotte Hornets. The, the Hornets are going to receive a pick that is higher what their odds would indicate. And it's going to be a top five pick. It's going to be a top three pick. It's going to be something good. It's going to be mm-hmm. something valuable. And yet we are all going to, because we are miserable Hornets fans, what we are going to do is we are going to devalue that pick by saying this draft class sucks. That's yeah, what's going yeah, to happen. That's yeah. going to be the analysis. Yeah tomorrow morning and even later on tonight. Yeah, I can't wait for that show. Like, I would love to do a show where we're picking in the top four tomorrow. I would love to do that show. You know why? Because that brings hope. That says, hey, the Hornets have had a plan. This plan has had a little bit of luck. We've already had a little bit of luck with the Devante, again, development. There's a lot of this that makes sense already. But at the same time, like, I just, there's so much I want to say about this. Like, folks, the lottery is not rigged. People seem to think <laughs> it is. And it's like, do y'all really think Ernest & Young, which is a very, very reputable financial firm, and I understand reputable and financial firm do yes, not I'm- mix in this time, this time and place. Okay. They're not going to put themselves up for federal racketeering, guys, because rigging the lottery is federal racketeering. That is a crime. That is a crime where people do time with El Chapo. Is this, are, are you making it an after school special again? Is yes, that I, what you're doing? Well, no. Well, yes, I am. Because again, <laughs> I just, here's, no, but I'm doing this after school special stuff to say, to combat stupidity that we think this lottery is rigged, Walker. I did not. That's re- what we're doing. I did not realize we were going to take that route. Allow you to take, uh, allow you, uh, allow myself. I can't even talk. Let's go a different route. So uh, you want a top four pick. So yes. What are the top four players that you have? Because it sounds like you have a tier in which four players are separated from the other players in this draft class. Who are the top four players that you would like to have on a Hornets roster? Anthony Edwards is one. Um, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, obviously. I would put Denny Avia in there Mm -hmm. and Killian Hayes. Those are the top four. Those are the top four. I don't care where they end up tonight, Nada. I mean, I, I, I am serious when I say I have not cared less about any draft lottery position for the Charlotte Hornets than I do tonight. I don't care. If they go number eight overall, I am a firm believer that this draft class is a total and utter crapshoot. That Which is fair. Any of these guys fair. that could last to eight could also be selected in the top three. I think that there are two locks to okay. go in the top three, and I think it's LaMelo Ball and I think it's Anthony Edwards. And then I think you could have any of these other guys to go in the top three. I think Killian Hayes has a great shot. I think James Wiseman has such a wide range of opinions <laughs> on him. I'm just telling you what I think he's got a wide range of opinions on him. I think that you've got so many different players out there where people just don't know what to make of all of them. Somebody could be drafted in the top three. Somebody could be drafted in the top three that could also fall to eight. Like, I just, I don't know what to make of all of these players. I have my favorites. We've talked about yeah, them. Yeah, we have talked about them, and then we're going to have to reevaluate them because we're going to need the content. Yeah, well, and we'll do the player draft evaluations. We'll dedicate all of these. We'll, de- we'll uh, dedicate 
one individual show to a lot of the different prospects that could be there for the Charlotte Hornets. Hopefully they don't fall past eight. I don't, I don't want to fall past eight, but if we stay there, then it's not like something I'm going to be, you know, I I don't care how how much we move up. It'd be nice. Sure. But I don't care too much, but you know, Onyeka Kongwu has gotten a lot of love here recently. And you know, that's somebody that could be drafted in the top five. I think there's a lot of guys that could be there in the top five, top eight, and, and still all of them will, you know, we'll, we'll all have the same kind of opinion on them. So yes. this it's, it's the one I least care about uh, over all the draft lotteries that we've had in such a long time. Like, here's the thing, and I know we got to get to where Reed do because, again, we're going to get yelled at if we don't, but just listen to this mantra with me, guys. Whoever's listening to the sound of my voice, wings win rings. Wings win rings. You do not need a big in this draft. I think you can do better than getting a big in the draft with a high pick. You go get a wing that you can develop and you trust the developmental system and go from there. You can tr- wings win rings. <laughs> you can trust the developmental system and you can trust rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. Rockauto Auto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, they have reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Plenty more still to come here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Catawba uh, County. Could put so, him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We just got a tweet real time from our friend and loyal listener who we always appreciate Charlotte sports despair. He has since changed it to the Charlotte lottery despair as he so appropriately does at different times of despair in Charlotte sports. He tweeted at both of us really tweeting at you. Who is the only one that can extend any kind of invoca- uh, invitation to a cookout. And he asked the question are pre-existing cookout invitations rescinded. I don't remember sending him one. But if he did get one, is it rescinded now? Yes. Okay, you're just going to throw the, the line that is you closed. Have. The velvet rope is up to the cookout, guys. <laughs> we gonna have to wait a little bit. We gonna have to wait again. All cookout invitations are for for now rescinded at least until June 2021. Maybe even I might even just mm-hmm. say it early again. It might be earlier because we don't know when we're gonna get basketball back. But I again, no. No, no reset. No, none of it. It's <laughs> yeah. done. Uh, I think I can respect that. Let's talk about the lottery history a little bit more. Yes. Just the recent history for the Hornets. Nada, because we've talked about some of the guys that the Hornets have missed out on and whether you ever get over them. Right. The Donovan Mitchell comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander is emerging as a star. We've certainly seen uh, the kind of effect that not drafting Devin Booker over Frank Kaminsky has had on the franchise, despite yes. Doug's ill wishes against Devin and 
and calling him Devin Snooker. Devin Booker actually showcased that he is not snookering anybody. It is a legit basketball player down there in Phoenix. Speaking of which, Doug Branson, who has to defend his Devin Snooker take and has yet to do so on a podcast. Uh, Yes, Doug, I know you're listening. I am calling you out like Macho Man did Hulk Hogan. (laughs) I am calling you out. You have to come and defend your Devin Snooker take right now. Again, at some point, either this week or next week, on this podcast, because Devin Snooker or Devin Booker has proved you wrong. Yes, he has. Back to the point that you were about to bring up. I, and again, you wanted me to say this. And, and I said no. Well, I wasn't even going to go there, Nada. I was going to talk no. about how it changed a little bit. You brought me out. All right. You done brought me out, and okay. I'm going to release this hot take. You felt threatened to do this, so feel free. Y- yeah, yes, I felt threatened. And I don't know why. Yes, you do. Either way, I will say this. If you swapped Malik Monk and you swapped, again, if you swap, swap Malik Monk for Donovan Mitchell, Malik Monk would be doing the same thing in Utah. And I completely believe that because... <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I believe that because it's just so fiery. I can't stand it. The mic just yes, bursts into flames. But what again? Here's my thing with this, and this is something I know I've talked about before. Developmental systems, the way you develop talent, the way you coddle talent—not not necessarily coddle, but the way you develop it and you spoon feed it along. I like Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford's best systems were to develop veterans instead of rookies, instead of young players. Where I think. Malik Monk struggled is he needed a spot that was better at developing young talent, especially when they come initially come into the league because they're much more liable to learn stuff. I do think that when you start talking about a Donovan Mitchell, and I, again, I just remember a personal interview I had with him when he was a rookie. I do remember Malik, he, you, no, or Donovan. Donovan. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Donovan talked about how important Joe Johnson was. He talked about how important Rodney Hood was. He talked about how important the coaching staff was and how it was very, very important to work on those things and how they helped spoon feed him along even though he was playing their same position. I don't think that leadership, especially in the guard position, especially with a guy like Jeremy Lamb, who we love, I don't think that was ever really there for for Malik Monk. So I do think... Malik Monk would have come along a lot better, would have reached his potential a lot better with a different coaching system. And the biggest reason, I think the biggest indictment or the biggest reasoning on that is that when when Mitch Kupchak came in here and cleaned house and redid the entire coaching staff and the entire developmental staff, if we're honest, the first thing he did was he emphasized development. So I really do believe that at some point, again, you can't, like, I feel like Malik was robbed, but I think that was because of an organizational shift that hadn't happened yet. I love Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. We all know this. The fact that you're telling me that Malik Monk would score 57 points in a game one of the playoffs in the bubble if he was playing for the Utah Jazz yes. rather than playing for the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, I do. I really do believe that. I mean, not that's just insane. It and is- I love Malik. You're talking to one of the biggest defenders. We are allies in the Malik Monk army, and we I'm are. telling you that is patently insane. Well, you know what? Welcome to the bug house with me. Welcome to the bug house. I mean, look, 
The thing about this that's a little hard for me to digest, too, is the fact that Donovan Mitchell was pretty immediately good for Utah as well. This isn't one of these things that it took him a long time, and then by the third year, he was the star. He comes in immediately and averages over 20 points a game in his rookie season on almost 44% shooting from the field. Three-point shot wasn't the greatest, but also wasn't the worst at 34%. And you also have somebody that was a part of, I mean, even then, I don't even know what the record was, but Utah's always been pretty decent, like winning and losing, and he was a big part of that. I immediately stepping into the league and contributing the way he does. I mean, it's not like you're telling me like the three months at bef- between the, the draft or how long is it? Right. So you get drafted in June, drafted I guess, in June, October, so summer league. Again, you already four months. Malik Monk would be averaging 20 points as opposed to what he was doing for the Hornets at this because point. Because I believe in the developmental system of the in Utah. Four Jazz. Months? Yes, I do. That Malik is going to be out here averaging 20. I love Malik, dude. That is insane. I'm telling you. I really do believe in development, again, small market developmental systems. And I, again, the one thing we know about the Cliff system is that, they, again, it highlights veterans. It makes veterans better. Veterans know how to improve within, with Coach Cliff. You see it kind of with the Orlando Magic right now. The guy like Terrence Ross. We've never seen Terrence Ross like this. We've never seen a lot of the veterans. Like, look at Vooch. I don't know about all that, man. I'm like telling that. you, it's a lot, again, Reaching youth development, and this is why I appreciate I, this is why I appreciate Mitch Kupchak and what they've done in terms of development. They've put that first, and I really do believe that sometimes the best time to ingratiate a guy into the system, whether it's a maturity problem or not, is the way they develop and, youth. And Utah has had a history of doing this too, by the way. Well, and and well, not not all, I don't know about Donovan special, but it, the fact that it, I even talked about how crazy it is, in my opinion, to have Malik Monk doing what Donovan is doing in Utah, but also to have Donovan doing what Malik is doing now here in Charlotte, that wouldn't have been the case either because Steve Clifford, we knew, wanted Donovan Mitchell. So it's not even a case of where they wouldn't have developed him because he didn't have any kind of interest. Like, here's something that I could... I could see if you wanted to argue that Steve Clifford didn't want Malik Monk, so he didn't give him 100% of the kind of resources that he would have given Donovan Mitchell. That is something that I could wrap my brain around to some degree. But Donovan Mitchell being here in Charlotte, Steve Clifford wanted him so badly that if he was so invested in him and on draft night, if he would have made that call and tried to, uh, despite his best effort, wasn't able to, but tried to override the Malik Monk decision and he would have gotten his wishes, you don't think he would have been 100% invested into developing that guy in Donovan Mitchell? Here's the thing. You could invest, but again, if your strengths are investing in veteran players, then there's always going to be that disconnect. There's going to be a certain disconnect there. I mean, look at a guy, again, they like, again, Cliff likes a guy like Markel Fultz. How well has had that worked in terms of development? Way better than it did in Philly. What are you talking about? That, Markel Fultz is a viable player now. Here, but again, we're, you know what? I get you. Talking your, about the combo guards, look what happened with Kemba. Like, but Kemba's the exception to the rule, though, I would argue. I would say in terms of developing young players, 
Kemba's the exception rather than the rule with a clip with Cliff. And I love Cliff. And you're making me talk bad about Cliff. No, I'm not. You brought this up. I was going to go with the PJ Washington actually hitting. Miles Bridges not I mean the SGA decision was bad. I was going to go with actually Mitch Kupchak is somebody that we have learned to trust with his picks now. But you're the one that felt threatened enough to bring this to the mic. So proceed. But if you're going to bring it to the mic, then you need to take this heat that you deserve. Um, you know what? I'm taking the heat. I am absolutely taking this heat. And you know what? I'm no longer going to take this heat because you know what you're going to do you're going to read what we have to read right now <laughs> DoorDash always keeps their meals hot it's not as hot as that donovan mitchell malik monk take that nada just gave to you but still it arrives to your doorstep uh looking fresh as ever DoorDash is now a partner here with us at the locked on podcast network i just had it the other day as i mentioned viva chicken i did not know was a thing but it is an excellence uh thing between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails you've got plenty on your to-do list so what you need to do is you need to give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy too. Open the DoorDash app. You can choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Uh, Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery and just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and you get a zero delivery fee on their first order of uh, on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked on NBA again that's $5 off of your first uh, delivery fee you also get or excuse me that's $5 off your first delivery you also get a zero dollar delivery fee there as well on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code locked on NBA this copy is fantastic by the way don't forget that's code (laughs) locked on NBA for $5 off of your first order with DoorDash. We try to clean it up coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Like, you can't drop a name like Anthony Tolliver into the middle of a ring. It's like dropping a piece of savory, juicy meat in, in a lion cage. You know, if you drop Anthony Tolliver's name into this conversation, I'm going to attack that. it and I'm going to, I'm gonna, just going to rip it up. I know that. I know that once, hey man, you got to stay away from Anthony Tolliver. It's going to make Doug into a rabbit dog. I'm tall over it. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So what I wanted to do, okay, before you grabbed the steering wheel and threw us off over the cliff, you love the chaos, baby. You love the chaos. <laughs> That's why you're here. Exactly. What I wanted to do was there's all this all this awful feeling surrounding mm-hmm. the Hornets every time we get to the draft because the Noah Vonleys never work out, because mm-hmm. the MKGs don't work out mm-hmm. to the way a number two overall pick should. Frank Kaminsky, we know about that whole train wreck about the draft night trade offer, but it really wasn't there, but it was, and then he eventually never panned out. We all know about all of the bad news, but... What has happened with Mitch Kupchak is he has righted the ship at least to some degree, Yes. right? We haven't had any star under Mitch Kupchak. No, we haven't. Still early. It's only been two drafts that we've seen him be a part of, but we've seen Miles Bridges, who, as much as I am not a fan of him becoming some kind of fringe all-star or some really good starter on a playoff contender... I also realize that the jury is not completely out on Miles Bridges. Fair enough. I understand. I'm, I'm not giving up on Miles Bridges, but, but we all know about my opinions on him. But here, here's the thing with the Miles Bridges, and I know we talked about this. We have to look at that Miles Bridges selection in context. If the mandate from the from management, from ownership was make the playoffs, 
then you're going to select the most young player that's going to get you closest to the playoffs that fills a need. You're not going to necessarily look for the star that you're going to develop. You're looking for that role player that best fits alongside Kemba. And as much as I like SGA, as much as I like Michael Porter Jr., Miles fit better. So I think we do have to look at all of these draft selections in context. Yeah, I'm not really here for that, but fair enough. <laughs> I, mean, I know you're not. I, I'm not here for that whatsoever. I wanted Shea Gildas Alexander, but I wasn't even trying to bring that up. I want the record to show real quickly what Nada is doing here. What am I doing? What, it, what Nada is doing is even though I'm trying to stay away from some of those things that I want to try to avoid, Nada is like, wait, hold on one second. You stop everything what you're doing and let me just go ahead and put some gasoline on this podcast. That's not what I'm trying to do. Let me get out this point. Oh, okay. Fine. Let me get it out. Fine, fine, go ahead. What I'm telling you is that the jury is not out on Miles Bridges, despite what you hear from me not being exactly the most positive on him. I'm here to admit that also it's not exact. It's not the worst pick ever, right? Fair enough. PJ Washington looks like a legitimate hit right now. It's one season in, and he looks legitimate, despite my you know uh, hesitation on draft night. Mm-hmm. Pretty immediately, I, I felt, oh, God, yeah, this guy actually is really good, and he had a really good rookie season. We see what happens in the second round when you trade up for Devontae Graham. We've seen what happens with some of these guys that looks like you have some nice clay to try to mold into yes. something with the Martin Twins and Jalen McDaniels. It looks like you have something there, and you've got two second-round picks in this upcoming NBA draft. I do think that... Depending on what happens this year in the NBA draft, when we look back on it in hindsight, I do feel like there is somewhat of a narrative shift as to fo- as far as what is going on with the Hornets right now. As yes. far as the kind of decisions they make in the NBA draft, I do think we are slowly, subtly, it's not any kind of rapid pace that we're getting out of here, but slowly and subtly we are getting out of the depths of the, of the, the comedic... Uh, the untrustworthiness. The yeah, the hilariousness that is the Hornets and their awful draft woes um, every time that we actually have a selection. I think we are slowly crawling out of that with what Mitch Kupchak has done the last two years. No, he absolutely has. We, he absolutely has. He's brought a plan, and for once, I really feel comfortable that no matter where we... No where matter where the Hornets draft, hey, look, there's a shot that this guy is going to, we know at least he's going to contribute. We don't know when he's going to contribute. I think PJ skewed everything in terms of expectations. So good luck, whoever's going to be drafted here. But I, I, I trust them. I trust them. I trust the process, not the Philly process. We're just going to have to say this is a hive making process right now. Do you think that they go with another second year player or does it matter to you? Cause I don't think it matters. It's just been interesting in a draft that is constantly full of the one and dones. They went miles bridges after he stayed one more year at Michigan state. They go with PJ Washington who really, I mean, I guess he had a choice, but it was somebody that burst yeah. onto the scene so much. His sophomore year was the reason he was drafted that high. So I don't know if, you're looking at, do you, do you think they care about that kind of development? Because even, you know, Devontae, they traded up for a fourth, they, they, granted a second round, but they, they draft older players. Like the Martin twins are transfers. They're older players is what they've kind of stuck that's to. That's the hack, though. I think that's the hack. That, and I believe Mitch has figured, kind of figured that out. You can grab a star. Again, start thinking about, like, the stars, really, of the last little bit. John Morant was a, was a second-year player. You have Damian Lillard was a four-year player from smaller schools. There's a hack there to this that I think Mitch and everybody else is trying to figure out right now. 
And my answer to you on this is I'm going to kind of hedge here. (laughs) I think the second rounders are going to be guys that are solidified. I think the first rounder this year, no matter where they pick, I got a, I got a sneaky feeling it's a foreign guy this year. I really do. Well, you've got, you've got some guys I, to I choose from. I think you got, yeah, you have some guys to choose from. You, I think it's either Denny Avia. I do think that he's very there. I think they love Hayes. I personally think they love Hayes. And this is, like, apropos, I've not heard anything about that. I think they really love Hayes, especially as a big guard, to go right next to Terry and going right next to a guy like Devontae as, as a future backcourt. And the one name that I haven't heard enough of, and I really do think that they love him more than a Wiseman and maybe more than a Kongwu, is that is the Russian kid Alexei Pakusev. And I think and I he's I think he's like fifteen yeah. on um Kevin O'Connor's draft board right now. Yeah, good I, luck with that last name. Pakuskov yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think they I think they like him a lot better than people are saying. And I think and we know that Mitch has gone overseas a lot for scouting trips this year. And I so I really do think all the talent is really overseas this year, you especially act- at, with like, guys like Luca and everything else. Like so that. you actually have a decent amount of sophomores mm-hmm. that are going to be in the range of eight and are going to be in the lottery. So Tyrese Halliburton is a sophomore. Obi mm-hmm. Toppin is a sophomore. Lewis from Alabama. Lewis Jr. is a sophomore. Uh, Nesmith, Aaron Nesmith out of Vanderbilt is a sophomore. Devin Vassell is a sophomore. Like, that's a decent amount of people. And some of those guys are young sophomores. So if I'm not mistaken, Devin Vassell is like 19, if I'm not mistaken. So it's funny that, yeah, like it's funny that we're talking about this, that sophomores are so older now yeah. because of the way that one and dones are here. But it's just you constantly see the freshmen and then you do see foreign players you know lamello ball is i guess considered for and if you want to consider him a foreign player even though he, he's not killian hayes uh, is from france obviously you mentioned your boy advia like that uh, him being from israel so you definitely have a few prospects that could be taken um if, if the uh, overseas if the hornets decide to do that yeah and it's been an interesting strategy for the hornets as to go some of the older guys mm-hmm. that uh that have been available to them so We'll see what the Hornets are able to get tonight. Should be fun to see if the Hornets are able to finally have some luck for the first time in 20 years. Where do you think they land in the draft this year? Yeah, let's go ahead and bet. Uh, I mean, I think they're probably going to stay at eight. I think I don't want to say that, but if you're asking me to be logical, and, and I'm cool with it. That's the thing. In previous years, I'd have been pissed. I'd have been like, man, I'm completely irrational at something that at, at something that would have been irrational to happen, right? Like, I'm completely irrationally mad at something that would have been irrational if it actually took an, taken place had the Hornets mm-hmm. taken uh, the, the first pick. But I'm going to be cool if the Hornets are actually selecting eight overall today. I am going, I'm going, I think they get three. You're feeling good, huh? I'm feeling, I'm feeling <laughs> like, because here's the thing. I love Hayes, and again, I love... It's, again, LaMelo and it's Hayes at the top two. And it feels like this kind of draft where LaMelo's a certainty. I think he's going to be a star. I think Hayes is going to be awesome at the next level. And then the Hornets draft third and the, the gulf in talent hits them right there (laughs) this feels like that kind of draft for the hornets all right that wraps up this edition of lockdown hornets thanks again rockauto.com for supporting the show now tell your smart uh, smart device to play the most recent episode of rejecting the screen really any show on the lockdown podcast network have a great day we'll see you tomorrow where we'll recap the hornet selection in the nba draft (laughs) 